And we're back. Hi. We just started. Hi, this is Ryan. This is the... Wait, what episode is this going to be? Because I just did eight and this will be... Nine? Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. This is going to be the ninth episode. Wow. When the world knocks you out And the clocks speed past to heaven You say the lost soul every night And it's getting better And our hearts beat so slow Saving up for what's to come now I left a trail for you to find me um, this is the ninth episode of Better-ish, uh, pretty gay, pretty sober, pretty mental health friendly podcast. Um, I'm here today with one of my absolute favorite people in the whole world. Do you want to be called Caitlin or Pilan or how, how are we, what's I mean, your stage name? I never called me Caitlin, so. Yeah, but I don't use my last name on the pod, so like, do you care? No, I don't care. <laughs> what if like we get found? I think when we go viral. Then I'll be famous. Perfect. Perfect. Well, this is my dear friend, Pilon. Um, we've been, like, very good friends for a very, very long time. Yeah. Um, we met because I was roommates with her, like, high school best friend. Mm -hmm. um, and then I stole her and absorbed her, as I do with a lot of people in my life. Um, we are actually physically attached to each other. Oh, yeah. I'm really good at sewing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Pilan has been there for me through a lot and has seen me like from when I very, very first was starting to drink all the way to that being really fun and then all the way to that not being fun anymore and then back down in like every, every crevice in between, I think. I've seen the whole story. Yeah. And I think what's interesting and what is going to be fun to talk to you about is like, yes, you like, you've seen me through the good and the bad, but you more than anybody has seen me through like the wild not necessarily bad. Like, I feel like my, my wildest times that, like, are neutral are all with you. Does sure, that make sense? Sure, And so, like, I almost felt like when I got sober, like, I, you were probably my friend. Like, there's a lot of friendships where I'm like, I have to, like, fix these friendships. But you were my friendship that I was like, is she still going to like me like this? Like, our, our memories are so intertwined and, like, just getting crazy with each other, you know? I think to some extent. I think at some points, though, too, you often called me when you were in your lows right so mm -hmm. you'd have a low and you'd call me to be like hey what's you know this is what's going on this is how I'm feeling what can I do and I would talk you through them but hopefully I never made you feel like you weren't loved in that situation yeah I, I think that's just what our relationship has always been mm -hmm. so like I'm not gonna lie I've practiced for this episode I love it I <laughs> because <can tell> it. <laughs> I have well, I've listened to all your episodes but then I also know what I want to talk about because I have had that other perspective, you know, like I'm not the friend that, yeah, I saw you get crazy, but I also was with you getting crazy. Mm -hmm. And then when you were in your darkest times, I was there, but I, I don't think I was blind to it being dark. I just knew there was a shift in what was happening. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of times afterwards, like there would be days where we would be partying and someone would say something along the lines of like, oh, Ryan got really drunk or, you know, this was, he passed out. And I never wanted to be ignorant of it because obviously if you have a problem, you need support, you need love. I always want to be there for you. Mm -hmm. But I definitely remember there were situations where I would sit there and I'd be like, well, I was just as drunk 
Like, do I have a problem? Is this something that I need to work on too? And I think over time it became more and more prevalent that you were using it as your identity more so. Mm-hmm. And it was your everyday situation. And, um, you know, so I've, I've worked intrinsically. I mean, this isn't my podcast, obviously. Do I get a plug later? Yeah. For your podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You can listen to mine. Just kidding. I don't have one. Um, but I think that I've worked on my own relationship with alcohol by witnessing your sobriety and then also mm-hmm. kind of recognizing, you know, we were fun and young, but as we've gotten older, maybe I've tapered off more and you at that point didn't. Yeah. So. Because we're kind of like the Adele albums. We are. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so now we're at. We're now at 30 together mm-hmm. somehow. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that we would end up at this day on the same page? Yeah. But let's go back to her classic album, 21. Okay. Um, so talk to me a little bit just about, I mean, like, obviously I know my interpretation of it, but like when we met and like how, how our friendship sort of like developed on your end. So when we met, it actually was phrased that I wouldn't, that I needed to be patient, not patient, but, um, more like I, you were going to instantly eat me alive, Mm -hmm. which you ate a lot of your friends. So, you know, RIP to those people. We still are looking for their bodies, but yeah. You won't find them. <laughs> I eat bones. <laughs> um, so, and initially, people told me like, "You need to." He's gonna be very um, forward, and he's gonna he's gonna be very protective of this friendship. And I think that um, you were told the same thing though about me that I was gonna be exactly the same. So then, when we did meet, I remember I went into your closet because I was bold and just took a shirt out of your closet and started wearing it. It had pigeons on it. It had pigeons on it. And I think that I just put it on and instantly it was like, okay, we're fine with each other. We can get along. And then that was baby Ryan. And then for that, that time period, that was fall of your, what, freshman, sophomore year? I was a junior. You were a junior at yeah, that point? Yeah, because Caitlin was a super senior. Okay. I don't, she... I always think you're like 10 years younger than me when Two. you're in college. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, you had just graduated. I just like a graduated. Month before that. I know, but in my brain, I was like, "Oh, you're this poor little baby, seventeen, still in high school." Uh, I think every time I came over, though, I tried on a different outfit. Mm-hmm. So I would one time I wore your qualified to party shirt. I missed that. I was thinking about that. I know. So I just would. We just bonded over being the center of attention at every party. You know, we mm-hmm. just got along in that way. And then eventually it kind of flickered from being me visiting Caitlin to, you know, me visiting. Like, when you moved out of college, it was just us kind of hanging out. Or we'd go to see, like, a movie or we'd go to do things outside of school. And, um, yeah, we just formed a bond between that. So it was great. But then your 22-year-old phase, this is when you're living in the apartments with Al. Mm-hmm. Um, that phase was more so when we were going out a lot together. Um, and that would be a lot of hanging out at, why can't I think of the name of it? Club Paragon? Yes, Club Paragon. <laughs> How amazing is that? They are fantastic, Alexa. Do not make that face. So hanging out, having some fish bowls, enjoying our lives. Um, but a lot of brownouts. A lot of, um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm self-incriminating right now, but... Um, okay. A lot of moments where it was, you know, maybe too much in a short period of time and 
But we had stories. Yeah. You know, so many stories. There was... Do you want to share any war stories for the audience? <laughs> I was trying to think of my favorites that we could share. Your favorite? Well, I think the one that we think about the most is the one where we went to uh, karaoke, and then afterwards, I was going home with someone, and <laughs> you followed. <laughs> and then... You came, because they lived across the street from the, the bar. Yep. So then you followed and sat in the living room, and I remember being like, Ryan, you can go home. And you're like, I'm good. <laughs> I was not invited. I invited myself to come back with this hookup. And I was like, no, really, it's okay. Like, this is going to be awkward. Like, no, I'm good. And, you know, we had some fun, and then I went out to the living room, and you were gone. So you had left at some point and decided to just walk home and... But then I made you come with me the next day because I to forgot. Pick up your necklace. Yeah, I forgot my necklace there, and it wasn't an intentional. I want to clarify, uh, it was not an intentional. Like, oh, if I leave something, maybe he'll call me. But I did, and then he didn't call me. <laughs> I that time of our life, I think, was great, just because all of my memories are me not wanting to wing you, but ending up winging you. Oh, every time. Like we would go to a gay bar, and then you would go home with somebody, yes. and I'd get so mad, or like. I don't know why I was just thinking about... Because I think... And this is also what I liked about you is because, like, you were so, like, bold like I am. And I always have this one memory of we went to, um... Uh, whatever that Irish place was that yeah, the, is gone now. Now yeah. is an English pub. And, yeah. yeah. But I just remember, like, we were sitting in there, and the guy had, like, a sweatshirt on that had, like, their logo. <laughs> and then you were like, I want one. And he was like, oh, we only have, like, a large. And you're like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> and he was so scared of you. And I was like, this is why she's my friend. Like, this moment right here. <laughs> and then I still got that. I think you I did. have it. Yeah, it says, like, two, two gingers whiskey on it. But I love that. Yeah, what were you trying to say, kid? Fuck you, yeah. <laughs> How rude. Well, I enjoyed it, so. But that's why it's hard, right? So mm -hmm. we look at, like, the fact that we had such great times, and then, you know, witnessing you turn your alcoholism start to fester more and become more prominent in your life, and it turned mm -hmm. into, instead of just having a good time at night, it turned into every night. Yeah. And then from every night turned into every day. So that was, like, the... Those were the fun times. Those were the times that I could witness and be like, oh, man, this is so great. This is this is my my best friend, Ryan. We have such a great time. Mm -hmm. I think the worst story, though, is the night that uh, I came home and then the next morning I somehow had spent $400 on alcohol. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember a minute of it. Those were those moments where I was like, well, I'm not making the best choices, am I? But Yeah, I think we and, – and that's what's hard is like – there are so many times where it's like that happened or like, you know, like we had like a, a string of really fun times and then like I ended up in a really bad situation or like we had a string of fun times and then you got mugged and then we have, you know, like, yeah. and so it kept being like this isolated thing is maybe a sign for me that like I need to slow down, but it's, but it's buried in like a lot of fun. Yeah. You know? No, I can see like when you say it that way, cause mm -hmm. there were like the Halloween situation, right? Or, you know. Yeah. We had a lot of moments where it would be like, we had so much fun, and then there would be those very off moments that wouldn't draw us to then be like, well, I'm done drinking. We mm -hmm. It would lead one of us to maybe say, I should take a back seat right now and come yeah. back a little bit. And um, I definitely did it a lot of times when it would get to that point. But then I think that's what our friendship kind of became known as, is we were the two party kids yeah we were the ones that if you want to have a good time you mm -hmm. call us and then 
I don't think that's changed. I think it's just been matured. Yeah. You know, our friends are no longer in their early 20s. They're mm -hmm. heading towards 30 or in their 30s. Or... Yeah. So when, when for you, do you feel like maybe you, you started to notice the shift of like, Ryan's head starting to head towards a path that's like not not the party girls that we're trying to be so I don't know the exact timeline to be honest about mm -hmm. uh I don't remember so if you can put dates like if you can help me with dates that's great too. okay I'll try but there were certain things that occurred that I knew it was no longer you were being safe you were you know you were not safe anymore so one was I was supposed to have my bachelorette party, in, and it was April, but we turned it into your birthday party, mm -hmm. and we were at that house, um, and you were blackout from the moment that you got there, or the, that the rest of the group got there, until the moment that you left. Yeah. And often, more than not, we would ask, you know, what are you, are you, are you coming out? Are you coming to hang out? And you missed out on the entire event, because you were in bed passed out mm -hmm. and then when you would be awake you'd be drunk and it would be almost like how did he get so drunk in such a short period of time and we know that your your gastric bypass surgery obviously led you to have a smaller stomach but mm -hmm. it was significantly quick of a turnaround where you would just all you were you were inebriated beyond belief to yeah. the point where it was like this isn't even fun we're not even hanging out with the person that we're here for yeah so that was an occurrence that I remember marking as being like a, this isn't normal anymore, like he needs help. I also know that um, with the parade situation, that really was a, a huge trauma moment for you. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember that, that seemed to be a big trigger on what turned it from the evening drinking to morning drinking. And more heavily the morning drinking. Yeah. And I don't, I know that was in November, December, mm -hmm. but I don't remember if that April was before or after. That April was before. So it was the first. So it even was still before then. Yeah. So, I mean, it had, it was almost like that April event was more of the initial, like, holy shit, this is happening. Like, we mm -hmm. need to figure something out. And then by November, it was really bad. And then by your bachelorette party that we had. Um, last Which, year. And that was before November. That was before November yeah. even? Mm -hmm. I know it. Okay, so then... Okay, everybody that's listening, let's do this timeline together. Mm -hmm. April, you had your bachelorette... Your, your um, birthday, the birthday party. The birthday party at the Airbnb. Yep. The bachelorette party that was your first bachelorette party was, I think, planned with the idea that you would be able to have a huge shebang and be able to go all out. And that was the most sober I think I've ever, while drinking, like I, the, the least drunk I've seen you while still drinking. Mm -hmm. and, and like, it was a healthy drinking, yeah. right? And that was almost like a, I was sober that weekend because I was really sick. Yeah. Not COVID, hashtag, but mm -hmm. um, I sat on the bus a lot because of like my joints. So yeah. I remember sitting at the end of the day being like, oh, Ryan didn't have a good time. Like he wasn't drunk. Like he wasn't his normal drunk, but I know that you still had you. You assured me that like yes, you did have a good time, but then that following December November was when the, the parade happened. Yeah, and I think that is what then pushed you into what is now sober Ryan because mm -hmm. January twenty eighth, right? That's yep. your sober date. So yep. 
having that be like the the final push of like you were using that as a crutch for the trauma release Mm -hmm. and then having that be what you did until you did seek sobriety. Yeah. And I think like, at least for the parade thing specifically, I remember like the, the drinking during the day and like during work and like, like that wasn't new then. Like that had, that really started with COVID and then like just, and it kind of fluctuated in and out for like a couple years. And then probably those few months preceding it, like it was like something I was doing, but like trying really hard to hide. And I feel like when the parade hit, I was like, I don't even care anymore. And so then I was, yeah, yeah, I was like, I got obviousness of it. Where I'm like, I'm like, I'm drinking at six in the morning, get as I'm drinking in my car, like just taking chugs, pulls of vodka, driving to work. Like I was just like, who cares? And you know, right. Well, Um, and you had, your way of hiding it was water bottles. Yeah. So you at one point, oh, I competed in, in July at like that pageantry. Oh, yeah. And you had come and you were doing great. We did makeup. You had a mimosa. And I think that morning you were saying like, oh, I'm just going to take it easy. And we were like, yeah, of course. Like, cause I was going to be on stage and I didn't want to be under any influence. Mm-hmm. And then it, before I had even performed, I think we were there for maybe like a half an hour and you were passing out at the table. Yeah. And I remember the people that were with us were like, is he okay? Like, is it? And, and I knew instantly that you had brought vodka because you had a water bottle in your pocket. And mm-hmm. that was like your, your way of being the college kid that never grew up. Right. Yeah. So that was July though. So I don't know. What did we say? April, July. Mm-hmm. So like you said, you had, you had, unbeknownst to me, right? Like mm-hmm. you had been doing this for, since COVID for a few years. Yeah. We were released, released from COVID. We had that lull in that summer, mm-hmm. spring, or like the lack of feel or fear. Yeah. And I think that's when it kind of progressed even more so till the point where you said you just stopped caring. You just didn't want to hide it anymore. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that was the height of your alcoholism yeah yeah and there's some there's so many moments too where like like I I forgot about the the thing at the um competition where it's hard it's hard to explain now on the other side of it like the intention where like I would be going somewhere and it'd be like it's socially acceptable to be drunk here like the point like we're all gonna hang out right there's no and, and I can drink and I can get and I don't even have to be like dipsy I can get drunk but like I, I would just want more than that. Like and, and I would yeah I would always bring a bottle with me, and then I would like, you know, buy a shot at the bar and then use my own vodka to like chase the shots that I was getting like three shots instead of. Right. And I, but like, I don't, I don't know what was like fun. Like I I can't understand the brain process of it now because I feel so far removed from it. But it's an addiction. It's you're not going to understand it. It's, yeah, you're it's. You know, you part of your podcast mm-hmm. is mental health. That's that's the whole background of addiction. Is you weren't meant to understand it. You just knew that it was you needed to work through what was causing those mm-hmm. emotional responses. And I think I think it's important for people to know though that like like in the moment when when all of that's happening, we're like I you ju- I justify it so well. Like I think like it's like okay. I'm getting ready to go and I'm pouring, like I'm taking a bunch of shots as I'm getting ready. Cause I want to show up kind of drunk and I know I'm going to, and I'm making sure I have money to drink there. And then I'm pouring this bottle of vodka that I'm going to take with like, and I'm in, I'm, I know I'm going to get blackout fucked up drunk, 
but like that's the, that's the plan like that's normal that's what you do you know and like that became so normal for me that like it was just like autopilot like there was never like a mm, I shouldn't do it or I should like it was just like it's just what you yeah well and I there are we used to always ask each other what kind of night do you want to have yeah remember so mm-hmm. it would be like do you want to have a wing night do you want to have a go with the flow night and always, whenever we had a planned night, it didn't go as planned. And mm-hmm. it was always like, well, why did we plan it? Versus when we went with the flow, it was the best night of our lives. Like, yeah. we had so much fun with it. But I think that's that same mentality of how drunk do you want to get? Mm-hmm. And you just stopped questioning how drunk you wanted to get. You just, you became addicted. or I mean, not became, but you had it as a crutch. It yeah. was, you needed to be wasted in order to feel anything and that's you mm-hmm. were numbing whatever sort of pain that you were in that time frame um and I, of course i'm not clinically uh, you know, I'm just oh yeah of course. talking from experience so mm-hmm. please don't take my advice if you are struggling with alcoholism. if your loved one has died from mesothelioma please call me because i would like your money anyway <laughs> <laughs> um I th- yeah but i think it's it was apparent too so you could you could look at you and you could witness that like why that I think from a friendship standpoint is what pissed people off. Yeah. That it wasn't just a, you weren't reliable. Mm-hmm. You know, Alexa, when she came in today, joked that how fun is it going to be that at your bachelorette 2.0, you're going to be the DD. And your response was, I think I've earned it. Like, because people couldn't trust that you weren't going to be to that extreme. Yeah. And so it became a point where it's like, we don't, if you want to have a good time, you're going to plan a way that you would have, somebody come pick us up like you know and yeah. we use dan a lot always right yeah and dan drove you home that night even from the pageant where it was, he i was just like yeah. you gotta take them i can't take them and he understood he and that's what is part of that love and friendship that we have that mm-hmm. it's not just a you're not just my party buddy right like yeah, yeah i care about how you do and, and when you are successful or when you are down what you need help with but you're going to see those messy times, and those were the messy times. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we just continued on. and You guys picked me up from my work Christmas party because I was too drunk. Remember that? No, when was that? In that Footlights. And was that guys... me and Dan? I think it was both of you. Oh, because it was that Firefly, wasn't uh-huh. it? Yeah. Oh, I don't I remember stole, that. I stole a bunch of drink tickets from my boss, and then I got really <laughs> drunk, and you guys that don't even work with me had to come pick me up and bring me home. <laughs> See, those are the things I don't even remember mm-hmm. because it's just, it was second nature that you called for help and I was just there. Yeah. Like, okay, sure. So how do, how do you look, I guess, in, from a friendship standpoint, like when I, when I was fucking things up a lot in those ways, like, you know, I had, I didn't get invited to a lot of things because people didn't want to deal with that, which I understand. And like, I have some friends now that like, you know, like we kind of like, they didn't want to be around me and now we've fixed it. I have a couple friends that don't want to see me. I probably will never want to see me again. And that's, you know, everyone that's fine. It's all part of the events of the journey and stuff. But like you, you were never, there was never a moment in which I was like, she's mad at me or she, she's going to stop hanging out with me. Like you were, you were the, probably the only one that I ever didn't feel that from. So like, how does that, how do you, how did you balance that? I think it was my intention because I knew that no matter what, we're all struggling with something, right? Mm-hmm. And even if, if let's say it does come down to, to you having an addiction, which 
is what came of it, right? Mm -hmm. People make mistakes. I know I've been in that situation and having anxiety about it and being told like you're a mobster because you've done something doesn't help you change anything. Helping you realize that, hey, this is not appropriate or, hey, I need to reflect on what happened is what's going to make you a better person. And being able to have that situation with somebody that cares about you is going to make you far more inept to make those changes than it would be if I just said, I'm done with you. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, I never got screwed over by you that maybe other people feel that they have, yeah. right? I never was in a situation where I was like, I'm done with you. You're, you're garbage. But I think that that's because I never put my relationship with you to that point of reliance mm -hmm. that like you needed to be, I'm not code. We are codependent in cer certain ways, mm -hmm. but I'm not codependent on you that if I know if I'm in a situation that's bad, I can call you case in point yeah. the night I got mugged, mm -hmm. but it never was something that I relied daily on that. It was like, why don't you treat me the same way I treat you? Yeah. And I think it just, it was in my nature to be more of your older sister and more of that type of friend. Mm -hmm. and that's how I treat a lot of my friends though. Yeah. I love being the older sister. So having that mentality was why I knew that even if you were in those bad moments, you were going to need someone to talk to. You were going to need someone to work on it through. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's how I balanced it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think there was really anything that ever stopped me from, from, ever loving you yeah. you know and it, it just was this is ryan he's going through something and if he can't work on it on his own like even if he can't he's going to still need someone to talk about it with or navigate this with. yeah do you think there would have hit a, a moment or a point like if i just kept going like that for the next five ten years well i think that if you if you didn't acknowledge that you were mm -hmm. struggling and i think that if You'd be killing yourself, right? Yeah. So it would be it wouldn't be my responsibility to make sure that you didn't kill yourself in, in that sense. It would be your responsibility to acknowledge that you are hurting and harming yourself more so. Mm -hmm. And I can only do so much, right? Yeah. My your happiness is not my responsibility. Yeah. And that's something that I've navigated, especially with friendships for the longest time. That mm -hmm. you have to put yourself in you have to care for others, but you also have to recognize when that friendship is no longer helping you. Mm -hmm. And there were definitely times where we wouldn't be together. You know, we we wouldn't see each other for a couple of months. But I don't ever recall there being a now looking back on it, right? In that moment, I'm sure there were definitely times where I was like, fuck you, Ryan. Like, why did you do that? But yeah. would we still hang out the next day? Probably. Mm -hmm. Like, I never had a situation where I was like, we're done. Mm -hmm. So, um, how do you navigate that? Cause that's something I've struggled with in friendships too. Just that idea of like, um, re you know, re realizing that like a friendship's not good for me or that like, I need to like take a step back from it. You know, like how, how do you balance that? Not just with me, but like, just cause I know, cause you're such a giver probably more. Oh, than I like don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm terrible at it. I just. I love people mm -hmm. and I've been in the, I've been in the mental standpoint of telling myself that I am not loved mm -hmm. enough that I never want someone to feel that way. So I will make a point of, you know, you tell me you want a five person get together. Surprise. It's 25. 
because I want you Case to. In point. <laughs> I want you. Yes, we have twenty five people in this room at this recording of the podcast. Yes, <laughs> and they're all staring at me and licking their lips. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um. But I want you to. I want everyone to to be happy and, and be loved and, and never have to question whether or not they they have a friend. So I, I don't do well with that I, at all. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are many people that I should have at some point in my life been like, I'm cutting you out, but I still haven't to this day. Yeah. And there are people that have done some weird stuff, right? Where you're mm-hmm. just almost like a normal person would be like, ah, we're done. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, maybe call me later. But if they called me, I would drop everything, right? Yeah. I'd still pick up the phone to be like, are you okay? What's going on? So that's something I'm not very good at. So don't take advice from me. <laughs> um, I want to get back to, like, Ryan's alcoholism and him, but this sidetrack is giving me thoughts. <laughs> um, what does Dan say about that side of you? It Dan is, is her husband. Yes, Dan is my husband. It is the thing that he loves the most and hates the most about me. Okay. So he knows that I give a lot and loves that about me that I am so giving but finds it to be so frustrating because it will tear me apart Mm -hmm. if five people ask me to do something in one weekend I will make a point to have time for all five of them because I want to make sure that everyone is happy yeah so I think that can be my parents used to say this all the time, like, I burn both ends of the, the candle, mm-hmm. and constantly I'm doing that, right? Yeah. But I can't imagine life without that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just how I function. And it, and it's hard for people to, to witness, but at the same time, they can they can love that about me, but they also can recognize that, like, hey, that's maybe something you should work on. Yeah. And I never will. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck therapy. And I <laughs> just kidding. I love therapy. Thank I love you. therapy too. Thank you, Angela. <laughs> um, no, but that makes sense. And like, and I get that from like a, even from just like a creative project standpoint of like I take on so much and then I get burnt out and then as soon as I'm like, I need to take a step back. The second I do, I'm like, fuck, I need a project. I can't, I can't just sit like this. And I don't know if it's like a, you never want to self-diagnose, right? So I don't know <laughs> if it's just. I grew up in a family that constantly was busy, and so I can't be sitting. I know you've, you've expressed in the past that you don't like being alone. Like, mm-hmm. I hate being alone. Yeah. And oh. right now, I work from home and just have me and Reese, and it's probably one of the hardest things. And I've been doing it for nearly three years. Mm-hmm. So I will intentionally call my boss to be like, hey, how y'all doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you up to? Because I just don't like it. I mm-hmm. can't. I I just have never been alone. And maybe that's a self-peace that I need to come to. Maybe yeah. that's... Really, this episode's all about how I have problems. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> no, but it, it definitely <laughs> is something that you and I have in common. Like, yeah. I, I hate it, too. And, like... But... Do you, so, I was actually... I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. Like, how... How did your relationship with, like, being alone or, like, feeling... Le- like, all that... How did it change when you found Dan? Or has it? Or is it the same? We are very much not like each other. So Mm -hmm. we, I love Dan. He is the best human you will ever meet. And I will talk about him until I turn blue because he's just so amazing. Violet, you're turning violet. (laughs) Violet. But he is also someone that can take that time and needs that time Mm -hmm. to, to separate himself. 
And he has done really well with me as a partner to know that, like, when we're together, we should be together, not in two separate rooms. Like, we'll discuss it. Like, hey, I'm going to go watch a TV show. And it's it's not like I need to be at his side, right? Yeah. There's He's still a stinky boy. And there's still moments where I'm like, ew, go away. Yeah. But it's that it's that desire to be with people. It's it's just almost that sense of having mm-hmm. someone near you, right? That that's what I I constantly am seeking. Mm-hmm. It's just to have people by me. Yeah. It's not even about like you need to be interacting with me. It's just having the idea that I am not isolated in this situation. Mm-hmm. And Dan very much is okay with not necessarily isolation, but he's okay with being a solo dude. You know, yeah. he's done it for so long and when he met me, he had a core group of friends. And I took his world and blew it into pieces because I then introduced him to a thousand people. Yeah. And even to this day, he doesn't know everyone's name, right? Yeah. So it's almost like we do little quizzes before we hang out with people because it's like, <laughs> yeah. this is who you're going to see. So that's, he's balanced me out so much though, mm-hmm. where I can do work from home by myself and that can be functional. Do I love it? No. Do I think about every day how I would rather sit at a coffee shop with random people? Yes. But... It still is that idea that, like, he, that's what a partner is supposed to do. Yeah. And I'm sure Brayden, we've talked about this mm-hmm. before, Brayden is that to you as well. You well, know? And, and one thing that I've, like, come to notice with that is, like, I feel like I've always had, like, a lot of, like, very unrealistic expectations of my friends where I'm, like, I, like I because I want to give so much that I just assume every single person is going to give as much back to me. Oh, yeah. And so... I've struggled with that a lot where like somebody's like not living up to like what I want them to be or like they're not they're not showing up for me as much as I want them to. And I've realized in the past couple years now that like my I've I don't know if it's that I've become more realistic or that like I don't need it as much like I, as Frankie is I was talking to her about this the other day is I was like, you know, like my friendship feels easier because no matter what at the end of the day I'm going to go home to my husband. So like this is just fun. Like I'm not I, you're not oh, my yeah. main source of like connection anymore. So like no matter no matter what happens in my day, who I see, what I do, I'm gonna go home to like this guy I love. So everything's just easier. It's Absolutely. Like, weight off the shoulders. This can just be fun now. Does Absolutely. that make sense? Absolutely. And I think that we knew each other the most in our single years, right? Like mm-hmm. yeah, sure we had partners, but Dan is my first and foremost number one, right? Yeah. And and not in a obsessive compulsive way. Like I'm not only what are you doing, Dan? Like yeah. I'm not checking up on him every hour, but mm-hmm. Which you should have an entire episode about how weird that is with couples that do that. So, I mean, I do it on next week's episode. <laughs> couples that monitor each other. Because I think you and I are like two of the most independent people I know, but people that should never be single. Isn't like, that surprising? <laughs> yeah, like it's, <laughs> being independent is totally different than being like a single woman. I'm a hor- we're horrible at it, oh, and we need for sure. you know we need the men to carry the clutch. <laughs> like that's that is what they are. Yes, he holds my purse and my hat, uh-huh. and I. Do the, don't do the dishes, because I'm independent. I know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we have so many dishes right now, oh my god. But um, I, I agree with you completely, that he, he is that person I go home to, and yeah. he's, I know that he'll be there at the end of the day, and it doesn't matter if I'm hanging out with people, or if I'm running a bunch of errands, I know I can call him, I can text him, whatever, and he'll be my, my rock, right? Yeah. But then, it does change your, your personality, or your friendships. And it was, I know you've experienced this, it's especially difficult when you are not married or not in that relationship standpoint Mm -hmm. yet, and so many of your friends are. Oh, yeah. 
And I fucking hated that you were getting like serious with Dan. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. It is. Because I was like my girl, my one part, my one ride or die, like never's going to be mad at me, never's going to leave me is getting married. And now I'm going to, she's going to lose interest in her old little thing. Oh yes, I did instantly. It was like, I felt like Lady in the Tramp. Which character were you? Lady and he was the Siamese cats. Oh, can yes. You, I, can I say Siamese on, on camera? I mean, that's what the that's what the cat is called. I don't want to get canceled. No, I don't think you will. Okay. If you have to edit it later, you can. Anyway, <laughs> but I know exactly what you mean. Like, I was, I was like, oh, he's probably really not. Because I remember the night I met him was one of your messier nights. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, this is a good guy for her. Everyone's favorite night mm-hmm. is when I'm the messy one by myself. I love that. <laughs> I, love, I love when that happens to other people because it made me feel better about myself. Stay tuned till tonight. <laughs> good. Um, but no, I, yeah, the more that you were getting serious and I was like, oh God, she's going to marry this guy. Oh God, I'm going to be alone forever. And I don't even have Pilon to be my like old maid with me anymore. So thank God for Brayden. Well, I think that it came at, it happens at the right time. But yeah. Love finds you when you're ready. Were you in, well, I was married before you were engaged, right? It's all so fucked up because of COVID. I don't even remember when you got married for real. When did you get married for real? April of 21. But you got married October of... 21. Right. And I got engaged August of 21. So yes, you were already married. So yeah, I was already... Oh my gosh, you got... That's right, you got married in like two months. Oh yeah, we had a shotgun wedding. I was very pregnant. <laughs> I remember that hoopla. Back to the episode. Should yes. we discuss how about the difference between this last bachelorette and this bachelorette? Almost. Okay. We're not quite there yet. Alright, you're the host. Um, I want to talk about... I'll cut that out. Yeah. Okay, so I would like to talk about your, what was going through your brain. So I, you know, hit my low point and then I went to rehab and I went to rehab very quickly. And so like not a lot of people knew that that's what happened. And I called no P. No one told Yeah. Because, yeah, because I literally, I like, I decided to go and then I went and I checked in and I was there. And so I called Pilon from rehab and just was like, hey, guess where I am right now. And it was crackly too. Yeah. It so was terrible. I want to hear your experience with that and what you thought. So I got a, a call from like a, you know, 414 number or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you know our area code now. And it was like, <laughs> hello? <laughs> I'm like, hi, who is this? Hey, P, I'm in rehab. <laughs> and I think I didn't even question who it was because, I, I mean, I recognized your voice. But it was like, oh, hey, girl. Like, why <laughs> you just calling really chipper about this? Like <laughs> But I knew you were bored, right? Yeah. Not not bored with the sense of of you were taking care of yourself, but bored because, like we were talking before, you were alone. Yeah. And you weren't with people that you knew, and it was you weren't surrounded in that sense. And you also were coming off of a pretty big high. Yeah. So I think that just getting the phone call, I remember being done with it, and it was almost, I turned to Dan, and I was like, Ryan's in rehab. And we both took a moment to be like, that's really good for him. Like, that's that's great that he's taking health into his own control. Because you had done your own at-home rehabs several mm-hmm. times, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to stop drinking. Okay, you stop drinking. And then the next week it was, let's go to this bar. And it was like, wait, hold on a second. I thought we were done drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like the official time that you were done. And yeah. when you go to rehab, you would hope that, yes, people have done it multiple times. Mm-hmm. It's an addiction. But... You would hope you were serious about it that time, not just doing the the at-home stint. Yeah. So, 
we were proud of you. I mean, I was especially proud of you because I knew that you had been struggling for some time and, and had witnessed some of the dark parts, right? And yeah. been able to, to know that you, you took that into your own hands and, and were being honest with yourself. You mm-hmm. were no longer hiding it. You were, you were being truthful of what you needed to do in order to be the best you. Yeah. So. And what did you think that like our friendship was going to look like post that? Oh, I was depressed. Like initially, mm-hmm. I'm not like how you said you were worried that I wasn't going to hang out yeah. with you. It wasn't that I was not going to hang out with you. It's I, it was that my brain was saying, I don't know how how are we going to still have this relationship because mm-hmm. we were the fun friends and we were the ones that would would be wild and I always knew that you and I could, you know, I want a Ryan night. Let's go out. And that was gone. Like that didn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. But that was selfish, right? So I quickly learned that that's that's not the appropriate approach to it. Like I was proud of you, but I had mixed emotions for my own sense of yeah. how is this friendship? Not how is it going to continue? I knew that we'd always be friends. It was more so how do we navigate this new life together? Yeah. Because every time that you would do your at-home sobriety, you would stop doing it. Yeah. And I knew that that was always something like I would support you in that. And I'd be like, yeah, we're doing sobriety. And then it would be not long afterwards that you'd be like, I'm just trying it. And then you'd go from just trying it to, to messy Ryan again. Yeah. And so with, with rehab, it was like, okay, like you're paying for this now. You don't take these things lightly. Like you've made a commitment. How is this going to affect what we do? Do yeah. we have anything in common? But we do. You yeah. Know, it, we, I don't only hang out with you when you're drunk. Yeah. So I think that was just that initial reaction mm-hmm. was the, what is this going to be? And, and then we learned quickly, it's no different. It's just maybe you're more responsible now and I'm less and it's perfect. Yeah. How do you feel like when you, when we hang out now and do, cause we still do like, like your bachelorette party or your wedding or my thing, you know, like we still yeah. do like big activities. So like, what is it like for you now? Well, I always want to be respectful of, like, you're comfortable, mm-hmm. like, your your level of comfort. So it's always that question of, like, do you feel comfortable being in this situation? And you've always been honest about it, like, if I am, or no, I don't feel like that. I don't think you've ever said no, but, mm-hmm. I, I mean, our relationship hasn't changed. We're still going to do bits. We're still going to be weird around each other. Mm-hmm. It's just that at the end of the day, we're not fearing that you're going to be arrested. Or you're going to drive home drunk. or mm-hmm. Because you are also very diligent of being independent when you were drunk. Yeah. And to the point where it was, like, argumentative and you wanted to just, like, box. You were ready to box everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's where the point where it was, like, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Like, if I tell you, hey, this isn't going to be safe, you're going to actually consider it and not just be, like, whatever. You don't know what you're talking about as yeah. you're, like, blacking out. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we segue then. See how it works? The okay, magic of it. I get it. So <laughs> it's like I've done this eight times before. <laughs> wow. So <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> um so Pilon planned my first bachelorette party before. Um, I think my... you should also note that I'm your matron of honor. I don't think you gave me that title, so thank you. I get oh on the podcast you mean? Yes. So Pilon's my matron of honor. And uh, she planned my first bachelorette party before my little COVID drunk wedding. Um, and it was super, super fun. Um, and now that I'm getting bigger married and sober married, she is planning this bachelorette party, which starts as soon as we're done recording this. 
Um, so like, what is that, what are, what was your process going into both of those, like different from each other? And Well, we forth? knew instantly that we were going to need some form of transportation or something that we'd have to do Ubers or something. For the first level, one. For the first one. Because it was always under the assumption that there was going to be high levels of alcohol involved. Mm -hmm. There's always that risk factor with, with any party, right? And this one, it wasn't even people aren't even spending the night. Like, it's almost like a, we're going to come, we're going to celebrate you, and we're going to be together, but you have to be self-responsible. Mm -hmm. And I, I also think it comes with that trust factor, right? So I, with, I care so much about you that at your first bachelorette party, I did not trust that you would be able to, and you shouldn't had to have been sober, right? You, yeah. And I didn't trust that other people were going to remain sober enough that they could be responsible to take themselves home. Yeah. Versus this one, everyone needs to be an adult. Everyone needs to do what they need to do. Mm -hmm. And they can still have a good time. They can still party, but they're going to have to be responsible then of how they get back to that. Yeah. Their home or whatever. Mm-hmm. As far as themes and everything, it's still going to be a party. It's still going to be a thematic party that we throw together because we're theater kids, and mm -hmm. it's going to be a good time. You also told me, though, that the first bachelorette party wasn't going to be your only bachelorette party, so I put a lot of emphasis into that bachelorette party, and then, surprise, motherfucker, we have another bachelorette party. So, just as fun, just as crazy, and just as many adventures, but maybe not as much emphasis on gifts for people or, yeah, you know. Like the, the party and the, the, the extravaganza. Right, it. right. It's still a gathering. There's still themes to it, but mm -hmm. it's, it's just not as, it's not as much for the people that are attending versus the first one was how do we make this down to the napkins that are out mm -hmm. be theme-like. Yeah. And for this one, I really, like, I mean, obviously it turned into a giant thing that we're going to experience all weekend, but, like, I really, like, wanted, because there's going to be some people that, like, weren't there the first time. I wanted my sister to be able to be part of it, which, obviously, she's not 21. Um, but, of course, when I hand something like that to you, it becomes this right. giant thing, which, yeah. I lo which I love about you. Um, Great starts at two. Per oh, sorry, trigger. Um, <laughs> we'll sorry, we'll cut that. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Um, God damn it. I brought an open mind loop that helps. Like somehow it, it came up in yeah. mind too. I was just saying a parade. I don't know. As a parade passes by. Um, so I threw you like a mini bat. You, well, first of all, Pilon had like 90,000 bachelorette parties because she has so many friend groups. Yes. Um, but I threw one for our friend group and like, I spent the whole, I like, obviously I do not have like the resources that you have. Sure. Like, financially to, like, go, like, full eleganza like you do. But I was so worried because, like, it was... It wasn't the party I would have thrown you before getting sober. No. Because I was, like... I was newly sober when we were doing it. Yes. And so... And I remember you were, like, maybe we shouldn't even do it. And I was, like, no, I want to do this. And so I was, like, what... I want to try to make this fun and, like, quirky and interesting, but, like, something I could handle. And so I spent the whole time, like, so worried that like, this isn't enough. Like, she's, like, like hates that this is, like, like a dry... It wasn't dry. I mean, there's alcohol, but, like, that, like, it, compared to what we used to be, like, this is a dry party. Right. And so, like, does that worry you about this? Or, like, how, like... No, but I think that that's a, a great response to what the difference was between if you were not sober and, and through... I think that's how we should look at it, mm -hmm. right? If you were 
non-sober Ryan, the party that you would have thrown me would have been balls to the walls. We would have maybe died that weekend. Yes. Like, it would not have been... It would have been a fan-fucking-tastic time, but mm-hmm. I didn't, maybe wouldn't have lived, right? Yeah. The one that you threw me was appropriately fun in the way that, like, you could also be there, mm-hmm. but then you left at 10 p.m. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, I was like, okay, bye. For your two parties, nothing will change because you're just the one that's going to be sober at it, but the amount of, like emphasis that's going to be placed on you is still going to be present in both. Yeah. Because it's still the piece that we put on as emphasis for you wasn't the alcohol, right? It was having a good time, but you're more of the the first bachelor party was Dolly Parton themed in case anyone Mm -hmm. hasn't seen pictures, but I'll post pictures on on the social media. Perfect. So with Dolly Parton theme, that's your favorite artist, right? So Mm -hmm. we purposely did it with that in mind so that you could have it be you, right? Mm-hmm. And this next bachelorette party is, spoiler alert, Salem witch trial themed, because that's what you asked for. Mm-hmm. But you were, they're both surrounding you, yeah. right? Like, you're nothing's going to be different about these two parties because it's going to be still to that level of extravagance. Yeah. For me, with my bachelorette parties, it was appropriately different because if you did throw me something, a huge rager, like you would have normally, quote unquote, mm-hmm. I think you wouldn't have been in a good place. Yeah. I think it would have been dangerous for you, and I think it would have been as early as you had been sober, mm-hmm. far too tempting to go back. Well, and that was also part of why, like, because I knew you guys wanted to go out, and I was like, I don't think I'm ready to go out with P at a batch party. Like, yeah. there's too much there, you know? Right. But, part of why you left, you're saying? Yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, like, it was, what, March? I yeah, think? so I, I, and you were, I had been out for like a month, yeah. Right. So, I mean, it makes sense at that point, but mm-hmm. we had a great time. We stuck around. I mean, people hung out till midnight-ish, and yeah. it just, it, it's, it's very interesting to see, like, what would it have been if you had thrown me that original yeah. party? And like, I kind of, I kind of wish I could have thrown you two. So that you got to see both both the angle and the devil. The angle and the devil. Um, okay, so lastly, I just want to touch on, so you said it in the beginning, um, how, like, you know, seeing me go through my sobriety has, like, given you an opportunity to sort of, like, clock yourself in, like, your relationship with alcohol. So can you kind of, like, dive into that a little bit more, what that's been like? Well, I think it had the, a lot to do with the time that you were your most intoxicated. Mm-hmm. I would often look at, in those situations, like, what what amount of enablement am I bringing to your, to your life? Like, am I pushing you to drink more? And then also the fact that like, how, how do people view your alcohol intake differently than mine? Because I am very much a person that people like to have drunk Mm -hmm. and people want to see me drunk because they think I'm, even more the life of the party when I am drunk. Yeah. And that's awesome. I love it because I love being drunk. But how detrimental is that? Mm-hmm. How, if I were to have an addiction, if I were to be in your situation, I would be, that'd be a spiral effect right away. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I have a healthy relationship with alcohol, but I could easily not. And if I didn't, it would be, because it runs in my family. Yeah. If I didn't, it could be something that would be far more detrimental. 
And so taking a look at how you've struggled and going through and how you have had sober moments, like I've, I've reflected on it too, like, yeah, that probably wasn't the best idea. Or this is, you can't really chalk things up to being you're young and stupid, right? Like mm-hmm. there are definitely moments where I will never do that again. Like case in point, when I got mugged, I was very intoxicated and I illegally drove to a place where we met and you had coffee with me. But I wasn't even like sober enough to, to be yeah. awake. And we can laugh about it in a way to be like, ha, 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 like what, what crazy times. But would I do that now? No. Yeah. Like when you got arrested for your drunk driving, it mm-hmm. was around the same time that, that Dylan got arrested for her drunk driving. And I remember being stunned by that because I had just as much fun as the two of you did mm-hmm. that I was like, well, that's not okay. Yeah. I can't be in that situation. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people could easily peg it as being, oh, well, it'll never happen to me. But then it does. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it comes with age. It comes with responsibility. It comes with growth. But we live in such a terrible state for public transit, aside from Uber, yeah. that it is not, it is not shocking that alcoholism and also drunk driving are so prevalent here in Wisconsin. Yeah. And that's an issue that the state has, right? Mm-hmm. But how do you fix that besides mental health programs? The hop. <laughs> the hop. <laughs> right. But, yeah. The train that takes you from one block to the next. But, yeah. I love it. And I love you very much. I love you and too. And I'm so excited for this weekend. Um, I think we should end on a fun note. So, um, Alexa, will you come join us? Uh-huh. So I have my matron of honor, P, here, and my maid of honor, Alexa, here. And as we head into this batch party, because this is going to come out after the party's over, I think we should do some predictions of, like, the who's going to be the drunkest, who's going to... Oh, yeah. So that on Sunday we can see who was right. Okay. So Alexa's okay, just coming, sorry. doing her little thing, taking her little moment. <laughs> quick, girl, quick. Do, do, do. Sweet. Okay. Who do you think is going to... Out of the three of us or the whole party? The whole party. Okay. Who do you think is going to be, like, the messiest this weekend? <laughs> Chris. Okay. I want to say Chris, but once Chris Irish goodbyes, then Dylan. But it'll be at her house, though, too, so... But it'll be, like, inappropriately early, like, 4 p.m., like, one hour in. <laughs> yeah. And she'll end up just going in her room and shutting the door. Yeah. She um, won't, like, she Irish goodbyes when she called the Uber. Yep. <laughs> yes. Um. And she just kept saying she was tired. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, <laughs> I, I think that's a good one, but just because I want to throw a different one in there, I'm going to say Sam. Okay. As my messiest of the night. Or the weekend. Tonight or this weekend? I was thinking, well, I was thinking tonight, but I guess the whole weekend. Okay. We'll see, though. We'll see. Um, who do you think is just going to not come that we think is coming? Oh, that could also be Dylan, though. Dylan? <laughs> I was going to go Frankie. Yes, I could see Frankie. She likes to ghost parade. Mm-hmm. Or Sarah. I know she has a busy weekend. Yeah. So she's mm-hmm. going to attempt to come, but mm-hmm. she may end up not coming at all. But she was your ride or die at your first one. Like, she was... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sick. She had <laughs> my hair at your first one. Good time. She was there like noon setting up. Right. She was ready to go. Who do you think, not including me because you're you've made it. Who do you think's gonna have the best costume tomorrow? 
Um, maybe Sam. Is Sam coming tomorrow? No, Sam's not gonna have a costume tomorrow. I think probably. I think Alexa. You're I think like, that is really cute. Okay. You're gonna love Alexa. But if it's not someone in this room, then who's your second choice? Mm. If it's not someone in this room, mm -hmm. probably Maddie. Is Al coming? Al is coming. Mm -hmm. Al puts a lot Maybe of Al. Yeah, Al yeah. is good. Al always has like she the best fits. She wore a ball gown to the first one. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with Al. Locking that one in. Okay. Um, who... I don't know. Think of some questions, too. Let's get like two more in there. Hmm. Who do you think is going to be the most sobby? Because they're drunk or because they're emotional? Because they're drunk. Like, who's going to be the most, like, I'm so proud of you, uh, like, emotional with you? Dylan and Sam. Yeah? Mm hmm Okay. Uh, no, if Sarah can come, I think it'll be Sarah. But if Sarah can't come, Dylan and Sam. Okay. What do you think? I'm. I think I'm gonna agree with that. Mm -hmm. Auntie Chris gets emotional drunk, but not like sad emotional. She'll be like, "One more drink, and I'll tell you what I really think." <laughs> <laughs> but no one asked. Yep. No one asked her. <laughs> Tim. Tim also might get emotional, <laughs> but Tim gets burpy too. That's yeah. So you can't really hear what he's saying. Ryan <laughs> <laughs> seen me like this before, Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> Actually, no, I have not. <laughs> your boyfriend smokes cigarettes. I know your mom has one. <laughs> my brother's on the podcast too. Hooray! <laughs> well, we'll we'll quickly just on my phone on Ooh. Sunday at the party. Oh yeah, go ahead. Last question. Okay. Who do you think? Okay, two actually. Who is going to show up that said they were not coming? Most likely to show up and said they weren't coming. And my other one is. Who shows up the latest but does not acknowledge it? Okay. Well, I don't know the first one because I don't know who said they weren't coming. Mm -hmm. But for the other one, I would say Frankie or Tim. The latest? Yeah. Um, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> and who's going to be... Who said they weren't coming but then they'll show up, I think, would be... I don't know. Frankie. Frankie. I mean, she didn't say she wasn't coming, but she didn't say she was. <laughs> so. Frank yeah. Frankie will be there if Frankie wants to be there. Yes. <laughs> and that's the podcast. I saw your arms wide open And I wanted you to hold me now We'll be dancing with the lights on Because it's getting better